And let's do this, America. That's right. Dr. Mike Sevilla here. And uh, we're going to be having a great topic tonight. And joining me as always, the, the convener, the conference chair, the 2016, we can start promoting this. Yeah, yeah. AFP, National Conference of Constituency Leaders, May 5 to 7, 2016. Get more information at afp.org slash leader. The man, the myth, the legend, Dr. Jerry Tolbert. Jerry, how are you doing tonight, sir? Wonderful, Mike. How about yourself? Oh, you know, hey, you know, it's uh, it's Wednesday night. It's the fall, you know, and a great topic. I want to I want a big shout out to the people in our chat room already and uh, watching the show live. I want to show yeah. off my shirt that I just got at the annual meeting. <laughs> Family docs are the real superheroes. So uh, we'll have time later to uh, talk about that. We have a lot to talk about uh, yes. tonight. <laughs> Yes, including wrapping up the annual meeting, the new primary care caucus. Um, but before we do that, I, I think, you know, at some point, you know, in the future, we should probably have guests on the show, you know, people who really want to talk to us. But okay. if people want to talk to us, you can you can message us on Twitter and uh, go to drmaxwell.com and um, we can uh, maybe set some up to, to chat with us about whatever you want to talk about. So, uh, but uh, but our, our top story here uh, tonight uh, is is just this a quickly evolving story that was awesome, and then then we just kind of like fizzled. Okay. Um, and I'm just going to go through the timeline here, Jerry, and then uh, that we can talk about things. So so two nights ago, uh, about 48 hours ago, I saw a tweet uh, from our friends who are now watching us uh, right now. Our friends uh, from the uh, Primary Care Progress uh, Columbia chapter that they said that they're they have the Family Medicine Residency Program there, from people who don't know, it's in the New York City area, uh, was going to be uh, closing down, uh, which I was like, well, that's weird. Uh, like, I didn't hear anything about that at all. And then the next morning, uh, which is about 36 hours ago, um, our good friend uh, Sarah Nozel from uh, New York uh, gave me a, a, a tweet um, and said, hey, this is happening uh, we should uh, start to uh, let people know about it. Um, and, you know, I'm in my office, you know, yesterday morning, I'm seeing all these tweets come through the Twitter machine. Um, and as I private message you yesterday, uh, Jerry, cause we, we planned this already. Uh, but my concern was like, Oh, you know, uh, I haven't heard anything in the official press. Um, I didn't see any kind of press release mm -hmm. and, um, and I'll put in the chat room here uh, at uh, 10.40 a.m. Uh, yesterday, um, there was an, an official uh, press release uh, from the, I want to get the, the source right, International Business Times. Uh, and I'm dropping that in the chat room here. Uh, and I will read uh, from the, the first story, the original story. One of the uh, top hospitals in the United States, New York Presbyterian Hospital, has planned to close its Family Medicine Center at the end of uh, June 2016. And then that's when all kinds of tweets started happening. People are like, oh, what's going on? Uh, people are very upset about this. Uh, but <laughs> less than two hours later, I get this tweet back from New York Presbyterian Hospital, and it's dated, or it's time, 12.43 p.m. New York Presbyterian is committed to providing exceptional and compassionate care, blah, blah, blah. We are not closing our residency program. So it was a story, and then it was a non-story. But throughout the day yesterday, and even through today, uh, people were tweeting about this, people were um, talking about this, 
Um, and I just got this link tonight, uh, which I'll put in the chat room. This is from uh, the uh, uh, Columbia Spectre. Let me drop this in the chat room, and then I'll people can uh, people can uh, talk about it here, or people can at least read it. Um, the kind of reversal of the decision, which was it was very odd. Mm-hmm. It was it was very strange. Um, and the key part of this article, um, and d- don't worry, Jerry, I'll let you in here. A little oh, bit. No, you're fine. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm following the story uh, here. Uh, so the key part of this uh, the article is about halfway down, uh, and it talks about uh, a student town hall. Over 300 students attended a town hall to discuss a decision. Uh, there was a, a dean there uh, who talked about the decision. And it was very, it was the, the quote here in the article, which I'll read in case people don't have access to it. Uh, it says, quote, the hospital made a decision that they reversed their decision. So as of today, we're back to where we were a few weeks ago with all the programs continuing. Uh, you've got a copy of the hospital statement and it speaks for itself. So it's very legalese. It was mm-hmm. like very creepy. Um, and then they have quotes from students here uh, who questioned it. And even in the press, uh, in the articles that I was reading um, over the past 24 hours, um, you know, there it, it's a lot of it is kind of like, uh, you, know, you know, people obviously, you know, are concerned. Uh, people are a little bit anxious to talk about anything, especially the residents in the program or maybe the leadership in the residency program, um, especially people who may be applying out to maybe go to a different residency program. I can't even imagine about being a resident in that program and saying, oh, do I have to find another place to go next year? Or how is recruiting going to go for, you know, uh, supposedly next year's class? Uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's a very, very weird uh, type of thing. Um, so that, that's kind of my story about it. It's how I heard about it. Um, uh, Jerry, did, did you have kind of a similar experience about how, how you first started hearing about the story? Yeah, I saw Sarah's first tweet go out. And that was kind of when I started digging around trying to figure out exactly what the story was behind it to see if there had been any official news. Because I know that was not too long before you sent your message. Um, I think I saw it early in the morning. Um, I'd have to check my Twitter feed to, to remember because I retweeted as soon as Sarah put that up. But I went digging at that point and couldn't find any official announcements. But then as the day wore on, there was more and more stuff coming out that was kind of the discussion that had occurred beforehand. And it still sounds like there's a lot of, I don't want to call it hearsay or conjecture. It's just, it's it's shaky foundational information. But the problem that I saw from the beginning was when they started talking about this, if you look at the location and you look at the, the facilities that are going to be most affected, not only are there residency programs, so you've got first and second year residents who, you know, even if it ended in June, they've got to figure out what they're going to do next year. Their faculty and all of these people seem like they were taken completely off balance by it. Like they had no clue that it was coming, which is pretty intense, um, even with six to eight months to, to kind of put that together. And so that's why I started digging around because I, I just couldn't fathom somebody shutting down that many programs that sort of just off the cuff. So I started digging to see if there was, you know, has this been rumored about, have there been other things flying around? And it sounds like for a couple of weeks now, things have been kind of brewing, if you will. And so uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to kind of finally hear, even if there is a, a final story, I don't know that there ever will be, but it, to hear kind of what the, the, 
background was on this because when you look at the location like i said earlier all of these are are serving some of the poorest of the poor i mean these are places that you know if you if you eliminated what they were talking about eliminating in the literature that i was reading washington heights basically has no primary care and washington heights is one of those places that needs primary care just like uh, any other inner city area you got a lot of folks that are in those areas because they have a passion for inner city uh, medicine that they want to learn how to take care of people in a, in a um, you know, higher poverty, income, lower income setting. And, and that's a huge thing when it comes to residency programs. There are people that choose those residency programs on purpose just for that reason. So it was, it was really kind of frustrating uh, to, to read that they were, they were planning on shutting this stuff down. Cause I've got a lot of friends that have gone into programs like that on purpose. They want to know how to, you know, they want to live in those communities. They want to be a part of those communities and they want to help improve the health of those communities. Uh, from the inside instead of being you know the outsider who just tries to throw money at a problem or somebody who's who's not really attached to the problem they they want to live there they want to be a part of it and and you know that's what primary medicine primary care that's what family medicine they're both about you know we are uh, we are building relationships with the people that we work with so and, and it was interesting because because the, the original uh, uh, you know business story um, said they were closing down the residency programs because of the Affordable Care Act. Um, yeah, that was kind of that was like really weird um, how that was framed. So, so one of the things that people have been talking about since the Affordable Care Act went through, and love it or hate it, there are certain parts of the Affordable Care Act that are that are that are phenomenal that have made a huge difference in primary care. There are certain parts of the primary, you know, the the Affordable Care Act that you know even the the most staunchest supporter doesn't necessarily agree with 100 percent but regardless of how you see it one of the arguments has been the insurance-based reimbursements for these these sort of a la carte or or um personal insurance plans the 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 insurance plans that have been offered by these companies through the exchanges or through other means they don't reimburse at the same rate right and so if you had a certain population that was maybe originally uninsured and so they were paying cash pay or doing sliding scale, or you had a certain group that was, um, you know, that, that you were getting federal money for, which is quite possible. And that's a whole nother thing that we probably need to talk about. But, it, it, you know, if that, if that was the case, then you now have these people in this private system that are, that you're getting reimbursed at a, at a very huge, you know, huge discount uh, compared to what you had maybe been reimbursed. So I could see, excuse me, some of that causing financial issues, but it didn't make sense the way they worded it. You're right. It just, it came across as, it, I, like I said, I just feel like we don't have the whole story. And, it, and that's the hardest part with situations like this. The interesting thing, like you said, though, is within two hours, having a reversal is, is pretty intense. I mean, it's, it's a testament to how quickly social media outcry like that can really bring things to the surface. I mean, there were people that you didn't even necessarily uh, equate to primary care or family medicine that were that were tweeting and, and talking about uh, this this whole rigmarole yeah it, it was weird because I was seeing a lot of people tweeting it and, and a lot of people who were kind of you know in in the New York City area kind of in that local mm -hmm. area um, and then I started you know seeing other people pick it up <clears throat> uh, especially from our, our FM revolution type of uh, community right. Um but for, from what Sarah was telling me is uh, that it, the students really kind of drove this thing. Uh, they were very vocal. Um, and it would have been cool. It would have been really cool if, uh, if, if somebody periscoped that little town hall 
uh, during that. that. <laughs> they probably would have been they, kicked out of school. Just, just to be a fly on the wall for that. Just to be a very... fly on the wall, just mm. just 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 to uh, just to kind of see or just to kind of hear what was happening and the exchange and you know the whole kind of pageantry of, of the whole thing. Um, and, and you know, and, and big shout out to 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 the students who are on the ground there. Sure. Um, you know, I, I saw some of them tweeting, um, and you know, some of them in that article. Um, yeah, the the primary care progress people, the people on uh, the maybe there's people from the uh, uh, you know people from the FM Revolution uh, that are uh, that were in that crowd there, or just 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 uh, friendly or favorable to primary care. Um, to to get that story you know out there um, and, and reading some of the press i mean that some of the decisions uh may have been made last week but just just announced two days ago or three days ago or something like that which was like really weird and and if they were saying it was something from the from the uh from the aca you know the you know the press or you know the the business times you know probably got that from some kind of uh, press release or something like that you know that was released probably last week and embargoed until tuesday you know two days ago or yesterday or whatever uh, yeah it's possible it could also have been just you know digging around i mean you see these a lot of these sites and a lot of these reporters will will make phone calls and try to they'll try to fact check but you can't always get to that point you can't always pull that down and see you know you, you'll get confirmation of certain things and you'll get, you know, denials or you'll get dancing around the subject. And and so they have to, you know, it's not news if it doesn't, if it's not unique, it's not news. And so, you know, they may, they may emphasize some of those more kind of inflammatory aspects, I guess would be the best way to put it. But you're, I, I think you hit on something earlier that this is, this has to have been brewing. It's not like you walk in one day and say, okay, we're shutting everything down. Uh, it doesn't just happen overnight. Right, 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 right. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I invite, you know, if there's students out there or if there's residents or anybody inside the program that want to reach out to me, you know, and, and if you want to share your story, I definitely understand, you know, not, you know, wanting to feel retribution or, you know, yeah, anything sure. like that, you know, I mean, we can maybe work something out to, to get the story out, but, but I, you know, I, I see get one of those cool things where we like fuzz your face out. So nobody <laughs> knows who you are. And we'll, make your voice, we'll run your voice through the little robot. I guess, I guess, I <laughs> or punishment will be more severe. <laughs> or, you know, to, to just start your story on a blog or something like that, because, well, yeah. you know, and, and people have been reaching out to me in the last, you know, 24 hours or so and say, Hey, you know, I mean, this is something that you need to cover. This is, this is the story you have to get out. Um, yep. and, and I want to, I want to share your story, you know, who those people who are on the inside, um, because, you know, people are interested in your story. People are interested in, in what it felt to, to hear the announcement and to be at the town hall or to talk with your friends about, Hey, you know, maybe I need to go to a different residency program uh, next year because, you know, unfortunately, you know, this will not be the first, you know, program that closes or closes and, re and not closes and then closes again. Um, you know, there, 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 there have been things that, you know, we both in reading that, oh, maybe this was the, the wrong time uh, because it, it got this time kind of coverage. You know, maybe there'll be another announcement that will they'll close down and then, you know, nobody will know anything about it. So. Yeah. Um, that, 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 that's what I'm concerned about is that, you know, there's going to be another opportunity, uh, for this, whoever it is, the hospital, the residency program to, to make a move, 
to to close down for whatever reason, and then nobody's going to know about it. And that that that's what concerns me. And 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 you know, part of part of what we're trying to do, Jerry, is just trying to get that story out there and to get people talking about it. Um, so, I mean. It's 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 really we we have to stand up for each other because because if we don't I mean you know who will um, no one's going to do it I mean this could this story just could have just happened and you know before the age of social media you know uh, nobody would have ever known about it very true and, and you you know right now it's kind of this we're the blind men with the elephant right now you know we we we've got bits and pieces and and it looks from the outside like you know they they were trying to do a, a one specific thing or two specific things you know it looks like it's driven entirely by money it looks like it's driven entirely by this you know sort of i don't know it, it doesn't the, the whole discussion the whole conversation is not there and so having those perspectives from the inside is going to be very important for for kind of putting the whole story together and forming something that that gives you an idea of whether or not it is a risk that in the future, these things are going to kind of come back. If, if, if this is going to be something that keeps coming up every single year, I mean, it, you look back and, and you mentioned it's not the first, you look back at places like Duke who did eliminate their, their family medicine program, but now it's back. I mean, it's kind of this whole idea of what's the impact of doing something like closing down all of these programs. What's the real impact, not just, you know, financially, but you know, in you know human lives even i mean yeah just just boiling it down to you know patient care right. and community care you know um it's not all about you know um uh, uh, being no i mean location wise it's not being you know out in the middle of nowhere i mean you know right. uh, ur- urban america you know uh, the urban underserved right um you High know they, they, of people lots and lots and lots of people exactly Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, if you're out there and, and, and you want your story, you know, to, to, uh, you know, to be told, um, you know, you're not alone out there, you know, we're out there, the family medicine revolution community is out there, you know, to, to help not only, you know, share your story, but spread your story. Um, and, and, and we're out there, we're out there for you. Um, you know, this kind of story that, that just happened, you know, kind of, um, you know, people have said, oh, you know, we, we should broaden the conversation, you know, about, um, you know, those orphan schools, you know, an orphan school is, is a school without a department of family medicine. And, and for people who are not, you know, in medicine, you know, what that means is that, you know, that there are schools that, that do not have, you know, an academic department or a home um, for primary care or family medicine. And, you know, I mean, I think, and, you know, a lot of people think, you know, that, that primary care is the core is the root, um, of, of medical care, uh, in the community. And, you know, you can't have, you know, that, uh, out there without having a home for it at the medical school level. Um, and, you know, for all we know, you know, I mean, this, this, this closure, you know, was just another step towards, you know, uh, you know, a, a bridging out or not having, you know, primary care you know, at that campus, um, in that community. Um, and that's very dangerous. And, and, uh, that's part of the reason why Jerry and I are kind of, you know, rising up tonight, you know, and encouraging our friends to kind of continue to tell that story. And, and it's something that we feel very passionate about. Right. If, if we don't talk about it, nobody's going to, somebody's, you know, somebody's got to get this out there. And, and there are, there are lots and lots of voices right now. It's, it's, it's taking on a whole new 
kind of life of its own, which is good. I mean, it needs to, it needs to be something that goes beyond, you know, five, 10 people. It needs to go beyond the people that are at the center of it. It needs to go to the level of, you know, the highest levels, honestly, of, of not only the academy, but also of the government of, you know, the people that are, that are making these decisions, you know, the people that are sending funding their way need to know, Hey, you're giving them money to support primary care and they're not doing it. And in fact, they're doing the opposite. They are, they are literally removing primary care from, from the areas that are going to need it most. Um, just an aside, um, I, we, we keep talking, I keep coming back to Washington Heights and, and, um, it's an, it's a 1.5 square mile area that has about 1700 people in it to, to put, wow. yeah, to put that in perspective. Um, my, uh, County, my hometown growing up, uh, wasn't even really a town. It had like 15 houses and a post office, but, uh, the, the land area that it covered was well beyond five square miles. And there were less than 500 people in that area. So, I mean, it's the population density there is just super, super high. Um, and so, you know, you're talking about just that small area worth of people having, you know, having no healthcare whatsoever. So 1500 people without a physician, 1600 people without a physician, um, at all. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, um, I mean, just going into the, you know, healthcare disparities of the country is a whole, is a whole different, whole different angle. But I mean, but, but it's important because, you know, we talk about, you know, in, in our circles, we talk about, you know, this code word that we call workforce and and workforce is, is is just not having enough uh, family physicians, not having enough primary care physicians uh, to take care of the population. And, and, you know, how, how are we going to take care of all these people if, if we're not generating <clears throat> enough family physicians, enough primary care physicians um, out there uh, to do that? And, you know, one of the ways that we, we look at that is we look at the medical school level. We look at residencies. Right. We look at expanding residency slots. Uh, you know, there's got to be people out there to take care of, uh, you know, the population. Uh, and when, when we see a closure or a potential closure, like this. Um, you know, I, I remember, you know, a few years ago, um, out in California, our good friend, you know, um, good friends out there, including Jay Lee and all those, you know, there were, there was a residency program that was going to be closed. Um, and we talked about it on social media and, uh, um, you know, at that point that they, that they reversed, you know, and they did not close that, uh, they did not close that program. Uh, so, so we, we have to, you know, tell our story. Um, using not only this, you know, on Twitter, on Facebook, um, on any kind of medium out there to, to get that story out there because, uh, for too long, you know, another soapbox, you know, for too long, you know, we've let other people tell our story. We let other people tell the family medicine story, uh, the primary care story. And it's the wrong story. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, and, and I've been getting all these things in, in my, uh, my Twitter feed about, you know, very cool articles. I, I'm going to try to share them in the chat room here. I'm going to try to, for those who couldn't join live, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, share them in the show notes, um, about the importance of primary care, um, uh, that we, you know, deliver, um, you know, you know, better care. Um, you know, we deliver better health uh, at a decreased cost, and and uh, that's the story that you're going to hear from a lot of different venues, including you know the Health is Primary uh, <clears throat> website, the Health is Primary campaign. Um, <clears throat> 
that's something that that we uh, that we definitely uh, uh, need to do. So, um, you know, big shout outs, you know, to, to people, uh, people who are watching us live, you know, feel free to, to if you want to, you can you can type in the chat room here. Thanks to everybody who've been uh, who've been tweeting out the show. Um you know, this is this is not a one-time show thing. You know, uh, we we want to try to get other people involved. I've reached out to some people, and uh, maybe on a, a future day or a future evening or whatever, we we can talk about this again. This is something that uh, that we need to to continue to talk about. Um, <clears throat> one of the things I'm gonna I'm gonna drop in the chat room here is uh, something that I saw in uh, in my Twitter feed here. This is from uh, 2012, but this is from the New York Times. Great article. Uh, where where have all the primary care doctors gone? Uh, and I, I think that's a, uh, something that you, <clears throat> everybody should uh, file away or print it out or read it later. Um, you know, a, another reason uh, why to uh, continue to make the case, why family medicine, why, why uh, uh, you know, primary care medicine uh, is great uh, for our nation. Um, and there's probably you know, other stuff that's out there and feel free to, you know, tweet me some articles and, and links and things. Um, you know, I, I can, I can retweet them and, and include them, you know, in some of the show notes here. Um, it, it just, it just been a, a, an interesting, uh, a couple of days there, Jerry, you know, just, For sure. it, it was, it was just ramping up yesterday. And then at noontime, it was just like, boom, it was just like, it was all done. It was weird. Yeah, it was, it was just a, a huge um, like you said, a huge swell. That's actually what I'm doing here. I'm not, I'm, I am paying attention. I'm just looking at the, at my Twitter feed here, just to look back and see when the last time somebody said anything about it was. And it was really, I think, uh, there or much earlier today. I mean, it's been hours since I've, I've seen anything come across, um, since the retraction. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see kind of how this all settles out in the, in the end when it comes down to long-term change. You know, is this going to be enough to show that, you know, that there are there are enough people interested in what primary care has to offer and what primary care really means to keep this from being a recurring issue? Or is it something that, like you said earlier, that's just going to keep coming back? I did want to give a big shout out to our, to our good friend who uh, who I saw in Denver um, and uh, Venus Wilder, MD, and uh, she wrote a letter to our good friend uh, <clears throat> uh, Wanda Filer, the uh, current president of the American Academy of Family Physicians, and she put this on her Twitter feed today. And it's a, this is a great letter. So um, let me just kind of go through this. It says, uh, "Hello, Dr. Filer. Um, I am a former chief resident of the New York Presbyterian." Uh, Columbia Hospital Family Medicine Program 2013 and a currently faculty member at the uh, Harlem Residency uh, in Family Medicine at neighboring Mount Sinai in New York City uh, and a former family medicine orphan from Harvard Medical School. Uh, yesterday, uh, my colleagues and I were shocked to learn about the Columbia program being disbanded and even more shocked to learn about the reverse decision. Uh, as you can imagine, despite our small victory, this is a travesty for family medicine in our urban areas. It devalues our work. It undermines our presence. It blemishes our reputation. And it makes it even harder for us to recruit the type of students that are committed to serving the paramount healthcare needs of our nation's people. I wanted to reach out to you because I think that the National Academy needs to speak out about this despite the reversal. 
it is an opportunity to demand even more than just preservation of the center of family and community medicine at Columbia, but an opportunity to establish a legitimate department of family medicine at Columbia and other tertiary centers that have refused to recognize our specialty. Even more so, it is an opportunity for us to display no more family medicine nice. We are getting uh, <laughs> yoked around. I like that. We're getting yoked around and disrespected. At this moment, we can use this as a platform to set our agenda for future of family medicine in primary care and the training programs across the country. Please let me know how I or any of my colleagues can help propel the momentum that has been started in this rude awakening. Sincerely, Venus Wilder, MD. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, of course, I reached out to her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need to get her on this program. We need uh, people that eloquent on, on here all the time. That way that's right. More eloquent up. than us. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so a big shout out to uh, Dr. Wilder. And uh, um, I reached out to her and uh, uh, I would like her to, to share her thoughts at some point um, on this, uh, not only on this specific topic, but uh, um, about uh, orphan uh, medical schools without, uh, departments of, uh, family medicine. So, um, let's see, what else do I have here? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it is opportunities like this, Jerry, that, uh, you know, that, uh, us as a family medicine and, and, uh, primary care community need to, to take advantage of because, you know, news cycles, you know, move so quickly, um, and people right. forget about this stuff so quickly that it's hard to, uh, kind of keep it current, keep it in the news. Um, and those are, uh, opportunities for people who don't want to get things done. Right. <laughs> right. No, I mean, it's true. Just say, Hey, you know, Oh, it's off the headlines now. Now we can close the program. <laughs> Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, as soon as stop, people stop looking their direction, then they just go back to right where they were. Uh, let's see. What, what else do I have in uh, in my files here? Because I knew I was going to forget about stuff here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that I think that was all that I had it uh, here uh, for uh, for right now. Um, yeah, I mean that, that we kind of covered all the major points. I mean, I think until we get more of the story, I think this is this is kind of where we are. You you had this potential closure that's now not a closure, but we, you really need to keep a very very close eye on these folks because who knows where it's going to go from here. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah. So why don't, why don't we uh, switch topics here and. And uh, we'll kind of catch up on uh, some of the other stuff that's uh, that's been going on. I, I did want to talk about. Uh, well, let's uh, let's uh, let's talk about Jerry here. And uh, so Jerry, <laughs> um, and uh, want to give a big shout out. You talked about this on the uh, one of our previous shows. Um, your post at AFP.org, uh, cloudy with a chance of misdiagnosis. That's from the Fresh Perspectives blog. And I, I will drop a link in the chat room. But uh, for people who don't know what that is, want to you uh, describe a little bit what that, what, of what you're talking about there? So basically, the, uh, the whole point of that article was to talk about the fact that we have this misconception in the public that everything that physicians say has this sort of ring of gospel truth to it. And it's just not true uh, as much as, you know, the older methods of, of, of dealing with patients, you know, the paternalistic model, if you will, kind of, kind of makes us think. And so 
uh, over the last month, there have been several instances where I've had patients say to me or say around me things like, man, I miss the days when the doctor would just tell you what was wrong, give you a medicine and fix everything. <laughs> and, and I really have to fight hard not to stop them and say, listen, those days never existed. You know, you're imagining things, uh, you know, here's some medicine for your case of delusional, you know, psychosis. Uh, and so, so from a standpoint of, you know, what that really means, you know, what the, the whole purpose of diagnosis and the differential and what that means. And, and the fact that we have this whole, um, the, the fact that we have this whole sort of framework of statistical analysis that we're basing things on, that it's not just, here's your answer, here's your medicine, go home and get better. Uh, and that there's more to it and that there always will be more to it, uh, no matter how good we get at diagnostics. And uh, so the article compares us to meteorologists who also are another group uh, of people that unfortunately what? get a lot of bad Meteorologists? Press. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but you're talking about these complex scientific systems, these complex variables. You know, you've got thousands sometimes of variables that you are trying very hard to collate, I guess would be the best word, uh, and put them together into something that, that approximates an actual diagnosis. And, and, and I see, I see the, the, I see what the, the meteorologists do is a, is a very, very similar thing. Uh, oh, and I, and I think you set this question up here in the chat room, uh, Jerry, uh, how about the use of IBM Watson to diagnose? You talked about that on a previous show there. Do you have a response I, to that? I did. Sort of it's actually, it's actually in the article too. Um, from a diagnostic standpoint, the adjunct right now, that's an adjunct and it's a very, very good one. In fact, depending on the studies you look at about 60% of primary care professionals, and that includes ancillaries uh, and physician extenders, about 60% of the, of the people that they put up against Watson fail. Uh, Watson wins uh, kind of like Jeopardy. Uh, so, so from that standpoint, when it comes to diagnostics and understanding context, which was one of the hardest things that computers had trouble with, you know, Google a set of symptoms and see what comes up. Uh, they don't have context. They don't have all of the information. Watson, on the other hand, can collect all of the information and knows what to ask for if he doesn't have it. Uh, it learned how to learn. And that's part of, of, you know, what physician training was about when it came to diagnostics. So as far as being a diagnostician, Watson is a great diagnostician. And uh, in the future, we'll probably replace a lot of, of what we do because he's going to have access to records that we may not have access to, um, potentially. Uh, and systems like Watson. Watson's not the only one out there. He's one of the best and most publicized, but there are constantly people working on that. And, it, and I think it's, it's to be brutally honest, it's the future of medicine. As far as primary care goes, there's more to what we do than just diagnostics. And that's part of the issue. You know, from a standpoint of understanding the diagnosis to then translating that to, all right, well, let's look at this person's socioeconomic status and let's look at this person's uh, you know, cultural background. Watson eventually, or computer systems like Watson, I don't want to pigeonhole to, to one system, but systems like that eventually are going to be able to do that too. Uh, they are going to be better at some of these things than we are because they're going to be consistent. Um, whereas we have a bad habit sometimes of letting our own thoughts and, and ideas and cultural biases bleed in. Computers don't have those. Uh, they, they're, they're sometimes subject to the to the biases of the people that program them 
but in broad sweeping terms, most of them are going to be free of that type of bias. And so you're going to see a lot of, of diagnostics moving that way. So I think that's, that's a very good question. And the answer is, I think that we need to start looking more at using things like that so that we are more accurate. Cool. Cool. Um, so you have a, a future, uh, uh, post you're working on for the, uh, uh, what was it? Fresh perspectives, new perspectives uh, that you can give us a little fresh perspective, fresh perspectives. The answer, the answer is not yet. Um, I have had so many, uh, posts here these last couple months that, um, essentially just come out of David. And this is kind of the, the peak behind the curtain here. So, so David, if you're listening, um, sorry, um, <laughs> <laughs> We'll have times where there just isn't anything on tap. There aren't people, you know, the people are working on things that the people, you know, every week there's something coming out. And so there are certain weeks where things get really busy or there are three or four things that are cooking that need time to really be good. You want them to be solid. And so, excuse me. So you end up, we end up with this, you know, gap in the schedule, if you will. And we try to be consistent because, you know, if there's anything that you ever learn on the internet, it's that consistent posting, consistent uh, you know, uh, that's right. You have to be consistent, not like me, where I'm like not consistent. Right, or me. <laughs> right, or me. Um, speaking of, we'll talk about this in a second, but that's that's my that's been my big issue with with you know, ask Doctor Geek Dad is that I have had ah, yes um, is is trying to be consistent. I've had a lot of trouble here lately making sure that I have all of the uh, information in the. Uh, in the pipeline so that I can put those videos up on a regular basis. And so one of the things that, you know, David has done is he's, he's got a, a set of us that kind of, he, he knows he can call on to, to put something out there quickly. And so, um, so I've had to, you know, I've had to kind of come up with some of these things on the fly. He's thrown topics out there and some of the stuff he suggests, um, you know, the, the, the things he suggests are, are very, very, close to what I have put together a lot of times, but that usually what I'm doing is putting my own spin on it or he'll say something and then I'll say, ah, yes, that reminds me of this. Or I just heard this the other day and that tell, you know, dovetails well with that. So, so we have this sort of extemporaneous kind of, <laughs> kind of agreement uh, so that, that he throws out a topic and I just write about it. Um, or, or he'll say, I need something by Friday. Can you do it? And I'll say, yeah, I'll figure something out and I'll sit down and I'll just start writing. Um, a lot of times I can put together a thousand words, you know, in a night on anything. You, know, you, you can tell I like to talk. So, so from that standpoint, he, I do a lot of the vomiting onto the page. He does a lot of the making it pretty and making it sound good. Um, he, you know, he, the, the editors for, for fresh perspectives and for all the bogs do a really great job of, of making us look good, which <laughs> sometimes that takes a lot of work. So, um, so yeah, so, so I don't have anything on tap right now. That doesn't mean you won't see anything coming out from me <laughs> anytime soon, but well, I did uh, 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 have something next week. I, I did, uh, um, put uh, geek dad in, in the chat room there. Uh, I want everybody to check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell people what, uh, what uh, Geek Dad is, uh, Doctor Geek Dad. <laughs> so, so Geek Dad in general is a website for geek dads. No, uh, it's it's actually lots of parenting stuff. There, there's actually a a, a uh, companion site called Geek Mom that's loosely affiliated. They both used to be affiliated with Wired Magazine uh, back in the day. They've separated off from there, uh, and. Back uh, a few months ago, I, I got the opportunity to become an occasional contributor for them. And one of the things that 
as excuse me, I've gotten to be a part of that community. One of the things that we came up with was, you know, we didn't have a lot of, they didn't have a physician on, on the contr the contributor staff, actually the, the new crew, uh, team Cthulhu, uh, just came on board and, uh, I, I'm part of team Battlestar, which is the, the beta group. Um, and, uh, so, uh, team Cthulhu just came online. There's another physician in that group. He's actually a, uh, he does a lot of bench science too. So he's, he's, pretty smart guy way smarter than I am so so I'm probably going to try to collaborate with him a little bit and maybe do some some combination videos and, and and some other things but right now Dr. Geek Dad was born out of this idea of there's not a lot of of you know we had Mr. Wizard and then we had Bill Nye and we had Beekman and we had all these other guys that were on television talking about science and they were doing it in a way that was still respectful of the science even though they were kind of goofy i mean they were still facts being thrown out there and bill nye's still around and he still talks a lot and you've got neil degrasse tyson and these other guys that are amazing uh, at talk about talking about stuff but but putting the geek dad spin on it one of the things that we came up with was we could do quick segments and and we may do more long-form content we haven't really worked out all the kinks on it yet we're still playing with it but we do these quick segments two three minutes long about health topics and we try to make them relatively concurrent with uh with other you know things that may be going on either on the site or in in general like i i'm i'm cutting one right now that's hopefully going to go up sometime this week there's there not much of this week left but um sometime this week uh the episode about concussions and about head injuries and about uh safety uh for 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 sports uh because you know football season is in full swing we just finished up with with football season soccer season football kind of yeah goal oh, um, uh, okay so <laughs> season's coming to a close there and uh and then you've got um all of these other essentially you know all these other sports that have contact of some sort you know one of the one of the things i found out that i didn't i i kind of recalled it vaguely but i really probably didn't know it before i started doing the research on this was that bicycling is actually the number one cause of head injury that leads to concussion Wow. by numbers i think it's just because you can bicycle all year round maybe i don't are you talking to I, me because I, I i i bicycle a little bit and you wear a helmet i've seen pictures i uh, except that one picture where i didn't wear a helmet <laughs> and like and you got people, yes. i got killed on that 50 <laughs> people are like where's the hat i'm like come on give me a yeah, break no here. it's true no, but I should have it's gotten true. called out on it. So yeah, right. Well, and that's and that's the thing is you know it, there's this stigma about wearing your helmet or about not leading with your head when you tackle or about you know there's this whole sort of social and cultural thing that makes safety taboo or bad or whatever. It's not cool, and and that's a problem. We need to overcome that. And so talking about it in terms of it, it doesn't matter if you're wearing a helmet. There's no such thing as a concussion proof helmet. That's one of the things that we say in the, in the video that I'm, that I'm working on. You cannot, you cannot plan for every eventuality and you're going to hit your head. It happens. Anybody here not hit their head before? Yeah. Yeah. Can't, and nobody raising their hand. Um, your head's huge. It gets in the way. And so the idea that even a small, small blow to the head, heck, you can have an indirect blow to the body that causes enough back and forth motion to cause the, you know, the, the damage to the, to the soft tissues of the brain. And so that whole idea of safety and, you know, being careful and it doesn't have to be uncool to be healthy. Uh, that whole idea is one of the things that Geek Dad has always kind of talked about. Uh, when we talk about 
whether it's talking about you know, working with a 3D printer or building things out of cardboard or you know drawing comic books or reading or or any of those things it's it's always about you can be interested in whatever you want to be interested in but you need to do it in a way that's going to not only build you up but also be safe and healthy and 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 all of those things so just that that's the the thrust of dr geek dad is is to put out there some general information some things that people can kind of glom onto quickly and then i link back to all kinds of sources usually a lot of stuff to familydoctor.org a lot of stuff to the cdc and the who and, and nih places where you can get factual information that's that's composed on a level that people can understand uh, most of the time you want stuff that's going to be at a fifth sixth grade reading level and you know a lot of these places have that readily available cool cool so uh, geekdad.com so um so shout out to everybody uh, who, who are watching us live really, really much very much appreciate if you came in late uh we, we did talk about um the closure non-closure story at the top of the show and and, and i will put uh the replay you know on my twitter feed on dr um but you know just kind of summarizing you know we we summarize the story and and i think it's it uh it opens up a wider type conversation about uh, family medicine respect, family medicine uh, representation um, at the academic level, at the medical school level, at the community level. Um, I think you know people really need to to get that story out there, and and you know if people want to share their story with me, and um, I, I could put it on my blog or or to to get that story out there to to help with that because we we as a community of family physicians and family medicine revolution, we, we, we need to do that. Um, so kind of closing up, um, I, I do want to cover a couple of things from the Congress of delegates, um, actually two or three things, uh, from our annual meeting. Um, you know, of course we had elections and, um, you know, our good friend, Dr. Allen is, uh, is in the chat room with us, uh, was elected, uh, uh, good job there, buddy. And, uh, and, uh, uh, congratulations, sir. And, and, um, I didn't, I didn't pay him to do this is my disclaimer, <laughs> but, uh, gave a lot of love, uh, to, uh, family medicine revolution. He gave a lot of love to social media telling the story, um, of family medicine and primary care. Uh, so thank you very much for doing that. Um, and, uh, we, we're glad that he's on the inside now uh, right? <laughs> to help, help get that in the boardroom to uh, <laughs> get that, get people doing that type of stuff. So uh, uh, very much appreciate that. So um, I do want to cover a couple of resolutions. Uh, there was a bunch of them and you can go to AFP, yes. you can go to AFP.org. Uh, and they talked about all of them. There's a couple of them I did want to uh, cover. One is, uh, this is a story uh, from October 12th. New AFP policy rejects non-medical immunization exemptions. And so for people who are not familiar with this, so, you know, I like talking about immunizations. <laughs> immunizations <laughs> work. Get your flu shot. <laughs> yes, please. I just got mine yesterday. I'm glad you said Yay! that. Uh, if, if, if you want to see people uh, uh, dealing some hate to me, um, about uh, immunizations, go to drmikesville.com. And there are still anti-vaccine people out there. And they called me really bad names, Jerry. The, I, I saw the first, when you put that picture up, I, I saw the, like the first comment was somebody saying it was something about you, you faking your flu shot for faking the picture, the just shill for the vaccine. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, because yeah. we well, get paid to give these ex- Yeah. Let right. me, I mean, uh, we, let me find get, that. So, uh, we get money, but it's not like <laughs> it's part of our job. I know. So, uh, so the debate was that, that the AP should support non medical uh, exemptions. Um, and or rejects a non-medical exemption i was gonna say wait a minute that's backwards <laughs> uh because what's been happening is that you know there's these states around the country who are like oh i don't want to get immunized for whatever reason um and our good friend jay lee was talking about that in, in california they have this huge state level net legislation that says hey you know uh, we're doing away with exemptions. You have to get immunized because it is a public health issue. Uh, and it was interesting listening to the debate uh, because, you know, there were certain people uh, out there who, you know, have their right to say what they want to say. Um, uh, and they said, hey, we should we should have, you know, people should still be allowed to be excused from them. And then the other side was like, oh, it's a public health issue. You know, um, you know, we should be immunizing everybody. I mean, not only children, but adults as well. Um, and you know, what it ultimately came down is that, you know, the, the Congress uh, 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 supported um, a policy that rejects uh, non-medical uh, immunizations, uh, exemptions. So I think that's a good thing. Um, and I, I think our academy has, has to, um, you know, has, has to come through on that, you know, um, you know, well, one of the things that, uh, you know, that I got really upset about, you know, was during the second Republican debate when, when, when they were, when the candidates were talking about, oh, you know, uh, MMR still causes, uh, you know, autism and stuff. I was like, really? A neurosurgeon. There was a neurosurgeon yeah, talking about that, that said vaccines were not that, that there should be exemptions and the people don't have to get vaccinated. Exactly. A neurosurgeon. Right. It blew my mind. It and did. I, you know, I, 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 and, and, and people that know me know this, I am relatively apolitical. I don't really espouse beliefs from either side exclusively. And I definitely have things that, that I believe in that, that make both sides mad. Uh, yeah. Agreed. Nurse Pammy said a neurosurgeon that needs to get his head checked and she's right. He definitely does. Um, especially when it comes to things like that. And it, it, that was the problem is he was being more of a politician than a, than a doctor at that point. And that's, you know, that's being untrue to yourself. But anyway, bottom line, uh, you know, I have, um, I, I have no qualms with the way that this settled out at the, at the Congress. I mean, I think it was, I think the conversation and the discussion that I heard about, I didn't hear all of it, but I heard pieces of it. There was a lot of science uh, and there was also a lot of, of, excuse me, I don't want to call it friendly debate because it wasn't a debate. There's no debate. I mean, we right. know that it was a discussion, you have to, yeah. right? You have to have, you have to have broad sweeping, you know, compliance with, with vaccination programs in order for them to work. Right. You know, the, the idea of herd immunity is one that, that is very, very important when it comes to some of these diseases. And it's one of the reasons why some of these diseases are coming back because you now have a place for them to hide. So, you know, when, when it comes to non-medical exemptions, I, I, you know, even if you want to have a religious exemptions, make it such that you have to have some type of, you know, and, and I know our academy says no, no non-medical exemptions. And I'm fine with that too. But, but I, even if you, if you have to be in a situation where you have a exemption for religious reasons, like California may have been one of these states that did this. There have been some states here in the Midwest that have done it. 
that you put the restriction on there that you have to have a note from your clergy member and non-medical exemptions for religious reasons dropped by like 50 or 60% when states enacted those laws because nobody was willing to go get that note from their clergy because it wasn't a religious exemption. It was something that they were just saying that they didn't believe in the vaccine or they thought it was going <laughs> to cause trouble or they didn't want to do it. And they used that as an excuse. So when you eliminate that, you eliminate a lot of the people that are using it as an excuse. If you have a good scientific reason, if you have an allergy to the components or you have all those things, that's actually part of the process of giving the vaccination if it's done correctly. I mean, they, we, we asked those questions. In fact, we started our flu clinics at the beginning of this week as far as flu, flu shot clinics, not flu clinics. We're not giving flu. Um, no, the flu does not cause the flu. The flu shot does not cause the flu. The flu, shot. flu, shot no, the flu the causes flu. the flu. That's right. And when we talk about the flu, the flu is not nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. There's That's no right. such thing as a stomach flu. Uh, I, I take issue with that term, people out there using that term. Uh, what you need to remember is influenza is a viral upper respiratory infection caused by the virus influenza. Flu is a specific disease. It's not just a word that describes feeling ill. It makes you feel like you're half dead. It is not just a simple head cold. And so, you know, if you get the, the, the inflammatory response that you get after a shot, uh, after the after the vaccine, we want that. We want to prove that your immune system is having a response because what we are doing is trying to prime it so that when the real thing comes along, you can kill it before it kills you. Um, <laughs> Thousand people a year minimum will die from influenza. And you know, this is soapbox here, but you know, that's it's the whole idea of our academy saying, yeah, <laughs> we need to follow science. It just makes sense. So I'm glad that we finally. <laughs> that we have, yeah, that you know, the, the, the anti-vaccine crowd is still out there. Uh, you, you see the link in the chat room. People are coming after me uh, when I got my flu shot. So, I mean, we, you know, especially all the health professionals out there, you have to like say, hey, you know, uh, immunizations work. Immunizations save lives. Uh, one of the missed opportunities I thought was that the day after that debate, you know, the American Academy of Pediatrics was all over that. Everybody goes to the American Academy of Pediatrics to talk about immunizations. What about the American Academy of Family Physicians? Do we have anything? Do we have anything nationally? I mean, come on. You know, we do really good when it comes to health policy, when it comes to, you know, payment reforms. <laughs> but when it comes to, you know, come on. <laughs> get 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 a statement out there the next day. That, that's all I'm asking. <laughs> you want us to be leaders? You want us to be leaders right. clinically? Then get something out there nationally. So, um, all right. So, so yeah. So, and the other thing, uh, the other, uh, I mean, uh, the other uh, resolution I wanted to talk about, which was very passionate, and uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, drop this link in the chat room here, uh, <laughs> and having to do with, um, you know, something called the the social determinants of health, um, which. Uh, for people who don't know, I mean, you know, there's a lot of different things out there that comes to um, having good health. Um, and, you know, it's not all about genetics. It's not all about things like blood pressure. Um, it's things about, you know, what's going on in your world. Um, you and, get it, to eat. and in this link, um, people uh, kind of scroll down to the bottom. And I'm going to read from this article from the, from the AFP. Um, they talk about the, uh, a resolution, and I'm going to quote here, quote, this resolution uh, having to do with police force, 
this resolution is asking that we as the academy recognize excessive or unnecessary force used by police officers is a public health issue. Uh, violence impacts one's health, both mental and physical, and it doesn't matter where the violence comes from. Uh, and, you know, I have to tell you, Jerry, that, you know, I was there. Um, I heard this very passionate testimony from people who, um, you know, felt like and were, you know, um, you know, violated, um, you know, from police officers or, you know, had friends who were, um, or even family members, uh, you know, victims of this. And they kept saying, you know, you don't want to, you know, make this a huge political statement Don't want to take one side or the other or anything like that. But this is a story that we, that we tell, uh, that, you know, we want people to know about and, right. you know, excessive, you know, police force for whatever reason, you know, it's sometimes it's just, it's just not justified. And, um, there's a lot of people who said, you know, the Academy should not be taking these types of stands. It's divisive. It shouldn't, shouldn't do this, but, um, it just, just hearing the stories about, about some of these people, I can't even imagine, uh, what people go through, um, or what they think about when they're going through a town or when they're driving or when they get pulled over for whatever reason. Uh, it's, it's just, uh, uh, it's something that needs to change. Yeah. I think too, that the conversation was good, you know, when it came to the idea of stigma and the idea of, of kind of fighting, not just prejudice, but also fighting. Hey, Sarah's here. Um, <laughs> Hey, Sarah's uh, but, here. All right. Uh, so, so, the idea of not just fighting our own presuppositions, but, but just this idea that, that there's, there's so much in, in healthcare that we have to be so careful of that. We don't let those cultural and, and, and mechanical biases, um, I guess is the best word that I can come up with things that are just sort of automatic. Uh, you know, those stereotypes, if, if you will, uh, we can't let that drive what we do in medicine. It needs to be, you know, we need to be impartial. We need to be, we're here to take care of people. It doesn't matter if that person is purple or orange or, you know, slightly pale pink, red, whatever. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, if they have a beard, if they have no hair, if they have, you know, one type of genitals or another, if they have no genitals at all, it doesn't matter. You know, the, the, the whole point of these, these conversations is our profession is here to help people. And that's what it needs to be about. And our academy needs to recognize and, and, and take steps to make sure that we're putting that first. And there was a lot of discussion about that, you know, the, the pieces that I was catching about that stuff. And that was one of the things that I was trying to jog my memory on the, on the resolution there. Um, one of the things that that resolution, when you started talking about it, uh, that actually came out of social media. <laughs> we started talking about that at last year's NCCL there was a Facebook discussion group that got started and has been going since May of, of this year uh, that brought forth a lot of these uh, resolutions that you're talking about. And a lot of the things that we talked about with social determinants of health and with uh, you know uh, uh, the police brutality issues and the issues of, of basically social injustice right, <laughs> that, exactly. right. that, that are so pervasive these days. And so it was, it was more about, how do we make this 
about taking care of people instead of just about the political part of it. Like you said, it, it's, it's, it was more about, and, and the discussion was amazing. Some of the, like you said, some of those people just, I, I can't even imagine being in their position. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad our Academy is, is taking, uh, taking some stands with some of that stuff. Um, there was a ton of other uh, resolutions yes. uh, that, uh, that there's a resolution that got passed about getting videos made. I think I mentioned this to you. We need to try to get that contract. <laughs> they, they referred it to the board they referred it to the board because I, I i specifically looked this up and now it may have gotten switched around i don't think it got pulled out extracted for debate or anything but um the but uh the idea of uh creating educational videos i'm like hey um uh doing that right now um eh, eh, eh. i think uh i think alan has that resolution so i think uh hey, there you go be extra nice to him and uh, <laughs> say it was funny because when that resolution came up when i saw that that was on the docket i actually um had the permission to send wanda an email about it and i, and I couldn't find it i'm like she does it's like she, when she became president she got deleted from everything that i have um and so, uh, it was like you can't contact the president directly you have to go through the, the appropriate channels um because that was that was that was actually one of the things I, I i'm serious i really was looking for her contact information i was like hey um if this does go to the board i know a guy Who, yeah yeah exactly exactly um <laughs> well I, I i i i did tell the good president that uh we were having this little show here so um, yeah, um, yeah maybe Shout not her maybe, maybe her people that's right. are watching top men and women that's right that's right yeah she she's too busy um she has people <laughs> um to uh, to watch this so uh, when do we get so yeah call call uh, call jerry <laughs> no not well i'm not just me well they can start with you yeah and then i'll ring you i'll, I'll ring you in just like i do every time <laughs> uh, let's see you and um, kevin and jen and kim and jay and robin <laughs> Um, I think, uh, I think that's all I have here, uh, this evening here, Jerry. So, um, I think, uh, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, uh, before I pause the recording, I want to invite everybody to go to, uh, drmixville.com and, uh, follow me on Twitter and, uh, uh, Jerry, where, where can people find you at? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, uh, at Dr. Tolbert. Uh, I am also an occasional contributor contributor for the Fresh Perspectives blog at aafp.org. So uh, uh, the writings uh, that we talked about earlier, especially the the one comparing the the doctors and the weathermen, uh, is is in that perspective. Fresh Perspectives blog. I write a lot about uh, technology in medicine at that blog as well, and uh, being a a parent and a, a doctor and life work balance and, and physician burnout and, and all kinds of topics. Um, and then I also am an occasional contributor for geekdad.com, uh, which is where you'll find Ask Dr. Geek Dad. There are two episodes right now that are available uh, about uh, certain topics. And then this week, hopefully we'll get the episode out about the uh, concussion management or not really management, but concussion safety, head, head injury safety. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to call it. <laughs> well, it's hard to like there's nothing that rhymes with concussion um i got nothing i don't know 
Um, all right, I'm going to uh, pause the recording here, and uh, people want to jump in and uh, talk to us, um, then we can do that. So uh, check this out at uh, Uh And of course, as you know, as always, you know, family medicine rocks. Bye, when everybody. Did we, when did we decide we were going to call this again? I have no idea. We're still working on it. I thought we came up.